it's almost to a point where I think that Takagami and I are kind of similar, you know, in, in the way that I've got enough of my personality into the show and I've kind of adapted the show into something that is relatable to so many different types of people that it's really not what it used to be. Like, it's an entirely different person now. You know, if, if you were to try to personify Takagami, it's a lot closer to how I am with people than than how you know it, it was originally intended to be which i think is generally a good thing i i didn't see it that way at first but i'm glad that that's been kind of changed in my mind for you know for the better of the show and for the better of the audience as well Talk Ag to Me, a podcast dedicated to improving ag literacy around the globe. I'm your host, Brennan Black, and this is the special anniversary episode of Talk Ag to Me, and it's actually a two-part anniversary episode, kind of, because here with me is my very special guest, my girlfriend, Gemma, because it is also our first anniversary. Hi. <laughs> so, we wanted to do a special episode to kind of commemorate the past three years of Talk Ag to Me. Uh, I started my, my channel, actually my first ever YouTube video, uh, went up on April 12th, 2018. So it's been exactly three years. Actually, the day this goes up, it'll be two days after three years. Um, and Gemini started dating today, last year. So we thought it'd be fun to do kind of a double anniversary episode, uh, kind of talk about some of the things that Talk Academy has been through over the past three years, talk about some of the things that we've been through in terms of um, you know, our, our agricultural involvement, some things that have gone on outside of Talk Academy, that kind of stuff, and just kind of, you know, have a little reflection episode. So it's not going to be anything crazy. We're not going to be having our usual conversations and that kind of stuff. It's just going to be fun to look back in and see where we've come. So you ready? Yeah. <laughs> so I think we'll start on the Talk Academy side of things. Uh, like I said, I started back in April 12th of 2018. Um... When I started, I never, I never really expected to be doing it three years later, especially not the way that I'm doing it now or with the people that I'm doing it now with. Um, but for people who've been listening for a long time, they remember, they they may remember I had two guests I started off with, or two uh, co-hosts rather that I started off with, um, Abby and Evan. And uh, Gemma here has met Evan actually. Um, she hasn't gotten a chance to meet Abby yet, but we're hoping to make that happen soon because Abby's awesome. Um, but it's it's something that I get asked about a lot, you know. Do you do do you miss your co-host? Do you wish you saw a co-host? It kind of sucks they left you, all that kind of stuff. Part of me does miss having them on the show because it was fun the conversations that we had. But it has been nice to be able to kind of take this in my own direction and do it my own way and just do things that I I think are best for the show and kind of not be limited by having other people tell me what they think is best and having to work together on that kind of stuff. Um, that being said. You know, Abby and Evan are both very supportive of the show. They like what I've done with it. Um, and they're kind of, you know, even if they may not be my official co-host, they're always welcome to come back on the show. And they do from time to time. And um, they've definitely been busy doing their own thing. So we all kind of, we all benefited in the end. It's not like we ended on a sour note or anything. We're all still friends. And so that was always kind of nice to, to be able to do. Um, it's it's weird. I always say that last year was kind of my first year of Talk Academy because... I spent the first two years just kind of experimenting, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with the show. Um, you know, trying out different interview styles, interviewing different people, looking into different topics. Um, I really didn't know where I wanted the show to go. I knew I wanted to teach, to, to teach people about agriculture, but my first season was entirely based off of information and not so much about the conversation itself. I started to realize that that was a major mistake and that people weren't really paying attention to the information itself, that we needed to find a new approach to bring it to them. I really didn't regret anything about my first season. Yeah, I kind of got lazy towards the end there and I, you know, slacked off for three or four months and then I almost actually ended up quitting the podcast until I decided to bring it back. But I think that that first season was necessary to really figure out what the podcast was meant to be and, and how much potential it had. Um, I don't think that interviewing the people I interviewed was bad. I think I got a lot of good information out there. And I still refer back to episodes every now and then whenever I get the chance to. But it really wasn't until actually around mid-April last year, um, you know, around the same time that we started dating, 
uh, that I decided to bring Talk Academy back to life. Um, it was once everything shut down, you know, every, everybody was quarantined. I had a feeling, and I was I was accurate in my assessment that people were going to be listening to a lot more podcasts. And I also hadn't really um, accounted for it, but a lot of people actually started making their own podcasts too. You know, the the podcast content creator market was booming. I mean, people were making podcasts left and right. There was a massive new community of podcast creators. Um, indie podcasts became like one of the most popular hobbies for people to be able to do. Um, it, was, it was such a big thing because people had nothing else to do. They just kind of sat around and talked to their computer, which is, as you guys know, what I did too. Um, I finally decided to reach out and ask for help from the podcasting community. And I was welcomed with open arms. I mean, people were very excited about my topic. They thought it was really cool. And yeah, it was kind of niche, but that was necessary to get a good audience. Um, people were, were adamant about having their questions answered. They wanted to know more about agriculture, which was really cool to see. Uh, it, was, it was a whole new side of Talk Academy that I never really expected to be there. And really, had it not been for you know me talking to, to Gemma about agriculture and starting to realize the people who don't know about it actually are curious and want to learn more that I decided to take it to the next level and start interviewing people that don't have ag backgrounds from there it expanded and we went into our third season which is where we're at now so that being said you know I'd like to kind of throw the mic over to Gemma here in terms of from the point I started the second season to now what have you observed about the podcast itself about you know the people I've been talking to, the, the topics I've been going over, my own interview style, even the things I've taught you, um, you know, obviously we when we started dating, you didn't have hardly any experience with agriculture, and now you have quite a bit. So, what would would you mind kind of recapping your own experiences? <laughs> yeah, so definitely right around when we first started dating, I want to make it a, I want to make a note. I was a city girl. I grew up in the middle of the city, probably. 20 30 minutes from the nearest country land like i never i always wanted to be part of it i always you know saw videos online and pictures and people working with animals and i wanted it more than anything but i was a city girl my friends and i went to the mall on weekends now i go out to beef units on weekends my life has drastically changed <laughs> in terms of what i find fun Brendan and i have been learning how to rope cattle. I mean, I am no longer the girl that I once was. In terms of watching the podcast grow, one of the things I've definitely noticed was before we started dating, the majority of the people that you would talk to were other ag people. You know, you you seem to stay within your own community. Around when we started dating and you started to launch season three, Sorry, season two. We're in season three. We're in season three. (laughs) Season two, you started branching out more and more and interviewing people with less and less ag backgrounds. I mean, you interviewed a girl just a few weeks ago, or the episode released a few weeks ago. She's terrified of barn an- of f- cows. Yeah. Farm animals. Yeah. But did Shout you say out to Amy. She-, she Hi Amy. <laughs> I helped edit your episode. <laughs> but she trained tigers, right? Yeah. She trained tigers, but she was yeah. terrified of cows. I mean, people from these crazy, crazy backgrounds that had no experience they'd have experience with animals maybe, but no like agricultural experience. I mean You've talked to people about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You never used to talk about Star Wars on your podcast, despite it being one of the things you love most in life. And I've definitely seen... Star Wars is a great segue note into that. I've seen you incorporate a lot more of things that you love outside of agriculture into your podcast. You know, Star Wars, robots, you know, more technology outside of agriculture that could be brought in, things like that. And you've overall just gotten more confident in yourself. And it's been it's been really amazing to watch you grow the past year and the past two seasons and seeing how much change you've dealt, how much change has been dealt to you in terms of your interviewing style and the people that you are interviewing. I mean, if you listen to it episode by episode, it probably seems like a very, very minimal change. 
but if you would listen to the last episode of season one up to the most recent episodes of season three they're so different oh night and day they they are completely different and it's amazing and i've loved getting to listen to your podcast and now you're letting me help with the editing side of things which means hours upon hours of listening to the same clips over and over again but it's fun because the people you interview are hilarious and yes, they are. they're so entertaining i mean you did an entire what hour and a half episode about bees oh yeah kt that was a great episode. kt <laughs> and i loved editing that yeah i yeah. loved picking out the trailer for that that was so much fun you would never think, oh, I could listen to an hour and a half about bees. Nobody thinks that. And then you do. And you're like, oh, I actually really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. And it's actually helped me grow a lot, which yeah. has been super, super cool. Yeah. No, I think that, you know, you make a good point about my growth and development with the podcast. And I think that a good characteristic, like, um, like character description i don't know what you want to call it like a good evolution of, of the character of, of both the podcast and myself has kind of it seems like i have gotten to a point now where i'm able to kind of integrate myself into the podcast more like when i started the podcast it was very like i didn't want it to be professional it kind of just was you know it, it just naturally founded itself as a very professional very informational type podcast which was great, you know, for me, because I loved, I loved learning the information, but I didn't feel like I was part of it. Like, I felt like I was just there asking the questions, but I wasn't part of the conversation. It was just me giving the guest guides on what to talk about. You know, it wasn't like I was engaging in, in like a colorful conversation. There wasn't a whole lot of, of humor in it. Um, there wasn't references to goofy stuff or, or, you know, weird questions or anything like that. It was kind of just run of the mill. Hey, what do you do? And could you talk about it for, for an hour? Like, and happened that, uh, the other thing too, when I first started, I was terrified of going over an hour in episodes. Like I would go like 45 minutes and then try to cut it off because I didn't think people wanted to hear hour long episodes. I learned a lot about podcasting after my, after my first couple of years, uh, talking to people, learning about different styles of podcasting. Again, that indie podcaster community is something that was very, very new when I joined it. And people found out that I had been podcasting for two years at that point, And I knew half as much as they did. It was kind of a, a shell shock to me. You know, I, Gemma can account for it I was very frustrated because there were some people who were you know doing the podcast for six months and they were they had you know way 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 more views than I did they were doing way better stuff with editing they had all kinds of cool stuff going on but at the same time they asked for help a lot sooner and that changed a lot about how they did their podcast and it's definitely changed a lot about how I've done mine um you know to Gemma's point I think that as I got more comfortable with the idea of this podcast can be educational and fun. It doesn't have to just be, you know, a textbook in audio form. Then I think it got a lot easier for me to be able to produce episodes. And I, I don't mean to make it sound like my first season episodes were bad or boring or anything like that. They were far from it. I, I enjoy those episodes. I still go back and listen to them all the time. There's a reason I promote them on Mondays is because I think that I made some really, really solid episodes. It's just that those episodes weren't exactly relatable. Like I said, they were pure information. It was just me talking to people who are professionals in their industry, which for somebody who's looking for that could be really useful. For somebody who's looking for something fun to listen to on, a, on an hour-long car drive, they might, they might not look towards that. They might look towards an episode where we compare the movie The Martian to modern agriculture and talk about how you know some things were realistic, some things weren't, and then I reference older episodes and they go back and find them that way. I think that... You know, to Gemma's point, I started bringing Star Wars into things. I have episodes planned out that I'm, I'm going to record here soon about, like, Minecraft and agriculture, Pokemon. Like, I have all kinds of goofy stuff I want to incorporate. Um, people have brought up amazing topics for me to talk about. You know, um, you know, to Amy's point, you know, the Amy that we shouted out earlier, the one that's scared of cows. By the way, Amy, you're never going to live that down. I hope you realize that. <laughs> um, she brought up a really interesting topic, gorilla gardening, which I had no idea what that was, or um, or the the weird fruit that she showed me. Um, you know, so I'm learning stuff through all this too. It's not just about me teaching others; it's about having a two way conversation. You know, figuring out what people that aren't in agriculture want to know and what they have to bring to the table, and what people from the ag side of things know and what they think the consumers want to know, or or what they want to know about the consumers. You know, so like. The whole goal of the podcast has always been to find a way to relatably promote agriculture in a way that both agriculturalists and ge general consumers can appreciate and enjoy. And 
It was a very long road, and I made a lot of good friends along the way. I mean, like Patrick has been a phenomenal friend. He's been on very you know quite a few episodes, and he's helped out a lot with my editing. He's helped me kind of figure out where I stand in the podcasting community. Um, Alex from Time for Your Hobby has done an amazing job. Him and I still talk all the time, even though he's um, kind of on paternity leave right now with his kid. Um, you know, the guys from over over from uh, Absolutely Gobsmacked, Braden and Logan, they still do amazing jobs. They comment on every single Instagram post that I do, and they are by far my biggest fans, which I think is hilarious. Um, I'm big fans of their shows too. This is the thing: all of the all the friends that I've made, they do phenomenal work. Like you know, Joanne over at the Turtle Stack, phenomenal show. Like. Some of the things that they produce, I'm so impressed by. And yet, when we talk to each other, it's like the things that I, that I say, they're like, wow, I never thought of that. It's like, dude, you're doing way better than I am. Why are you taking my advice? And it's just, it's really cool to, to have that little group of friends that I can always count on to go, hey, I, you know, want to do this thing with my podcast, but I don't know if this is a bad idea. What do you guys think? And I have a little council of people that can say, well, it's worth a try or, you know, Hey, I think that'll be a great idea or Hey, no, that's going to crash and burn. I think you should be careful, you know, and, and more often than not, their advice has been right on. And I've made, you know, a ton of great changes to my podcast, both in terms of content and interview style and even editing because of the people I've met and the influence that they've had on me and the things I've learned from the community and all that kind of stuff. Cause the podcasting community is surprisingly one of the most wholesome and, and, you know, like, generally beneficial communities i've ever been part of and so i think that you know Gemma also brought up towards the end there that i um i started to kind of reach out and actually have her help me with editing i think that's been really fun because she's gotten so into it she's even started her own podcast which i promoted before um but it's, it's really cool to see people get into that kind of stuff you know i if you you know if i if i was still running my podcast season one even into season two, I was I was still stubborn about this. I didn't let anyone touch my episodes. Like I had people offer to be my editor. I had people offer to do my graphic design. I had people offer to help me edit it. You know, to to try to cut down my my uh, time spent, all that kind of stuff. I was very adamant about no. This, these are my episodes. I edit them because I don't want you to mess them up. It's kind of taken a lot because I'm still very stubborn. But you know, being able to branch out and say, hey, you know, if you want to edit five of my episodes for me while I'm trying to get other work done, I would really appreciate that. And you know, she's been amazing, you know, in the background working on stuff while I've been at work or while I've been in class or just working on other projects with I'm trying to get ready for the podcast or for other stuff that I'm doing. Um, so it's been it's been really cool to see this kind of turn into not just my project but a project that I can share with you know the people that I love and the people that I I hold a lot of respect for and so you know that and that's that's really another thing that was was a goal of mine when I started the podcast was I don't want this to be a just me talking to the microphone kind of project I want this to be a community driven project I want people to be involved in this that don't even have any involvement with with my personal life you know people who care about this that they want to invest in it and want to see it do well and over time that's kind of become the case i've made a lot of friends that are so caught up in talk agony that they forget about their own podcast sometimes which i have to constantly remind them about but i've been guilty of that too i mean sammy and i kind of go back and forth on that quite a bit and it's something that's not necessarily good but it you know it's okay um but yeah so i think that I've definitely grown a lot. The podcast has grown a lot. I've I've gotten to a point now where the, where the podcast and I are very much almost interchangeable. You know, the a lot of the personality of the podcast. Because when I started, I never considered Talk Academy to be who I am. Like we were separate entities. There was me, then there was Talk Academy. You know, Talk Academy was kind of its own body, its own governing force. And then now, it's almost to a point where I think that Talk Academy and I are kind of similar. You know, in in the way that I've got enough of my personality into the show and I've kind of adapted the show into something that is relatable to so many different types of people that it's really not what it used to be. Like it's an entirely different person now. You know, if if you were to try to personify Talk Agony, it's a lot closer to how I am with people than than how, you know, it it was originally intended to be, which I think is generally a good thing. I, I didn't see it that way at first, but I'm glad that that's been kind of changed in my mind for, you know, for the better of the show and for the better of the audience as well. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, I think, I definitely agree with you on that. I also, honestly, I want to point out that I've also seen a lot of change in your personal life or our personal life behind the scenes with the podcast. One, I think with 
letting me help you out with the editing. I've definitely seen a lot of stress taken off of your shoulders. That was put there for no reason before because you're stubborn. Mm -hmm. Luckily, this time I did out stubborn you and got you to cave in and let me help you on occasion. Somehow. (laughs) Somehow. But I've also seen you have a lot more pride and a lot more joy in what you do. And I think part of that is also you're not just doing your podcast you've been guests on countless other podcasts as well and you always come back talking to me and you're just like oh my gosh we did this and we talked about this and I have this idea based off of this that we did like you're pulling in so much information not just from learning from your guests on your own podcasts but by being guests on other podcasts you're learning what you like and what you don't like and you're taking ideas and you're developing them into your own style And seeing you really just turn into your own person and kind of like you said, melding with your podcast has been awesome. It's, I've seen you so much happier with it and so much, so much more proud of the work that you're doing. And I mean, you know, we still have nights where you come back and you're just put your head on my shoulder because you're frustrated because an episode is taking way longer to edit than you thought it would but you also have nights where you come and you jump at me and you're so excited and you have so much passion behind your eyes about what you're doing and I mean you also you have the tiktok for talk ag to me for those of you who listen to talk ag to me but don't follow the tiktok you should (laughs) because he does amazing little short videos where he actually like shows the information he just doesn't just you know say it to you through a microphone and i actually help out a little bit on that one as well mm-hmm. and you recently just went viral on there <laughs> like you have millions of people watching that video excited about the information that you're sharing and wanting more and it's just been amazing to watch you really fall into the place where you wanted to be where you're teaching people the importance of where their food comes from and the actual care and love that goes into it from the farmer's perspective and the operations perspective. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the excitement of the consumer's perspective. Cause like, for instance, you don't know that much about popcorn. No, you're learning more, but you don't know that much about it, but it's your favorite snack in the entire world. Yeah, I learned that there's two different types of popcorn, and there's a whole, like, there's a, there's a method of growing it. They actually uh, are, they, they mature a lot later than average popcorn, but that's a whole other episode. <laughs> but, like... I should get a guest from Popcorn Opera. <laughs> that would be a good episode. That would be funny. They have a TikTok. <laughs> they do, I follow they them. They have a TikTok. Yeah, I try to get, I'm trying to get them to follow me back. It's, not, <laughs> it's, not, it's taking a little bit too long, but we'll get there. But, I mean, part of it, too, is... I've seen you grow as a person as you teach more, but I've seen you grow even more as you learn more. I mean, you have people on your TikTok making comments saying, well, isn't it like this? And then we do a little bit more research than we had before. And you're like, oh, it is. Or for instance, the video that blew up is all about the difference between bull steers, heifers, and cows, and how a steer is a castrated bull. And the amount of people in the comments that were like, but it's a bullock yeah and we learned that pretty much everywhere but america which is where we're from people call steers bullocks right we learned something new every single day we also Mm. learned what an ox actually is yeah so that that's a side note for anyone who didn't know which is probably all of you because i think (laughs) we were all lied to as children um an ox is actually a steer that is older than three years old so and and trained to be a draft animal so if it's a bull that's been castrated past three years or even if it's a a bull that's castrated at six months and it lives past three and it's a draft animal it's called an ox like why were we never taught this i honestly thought because like i read little house on the prairie growing up and i I watched oregon trail (laughs) i always thought that ox were just a completely different animal yeah i thought maybe they're like some sort of bovine creature but like they're they're I thought Cattle? they were. I thought they were like bison or something. Like exactly. why? I honestly thought they were like a small bison. Yeah. Apparently, just like Oregon Trail lied to everybody, which yes. in their defense, they never actually told us what it was. They were like, "These are no. ox." We were just kind of handed this animal. Yeah, they're like here's a bunch of oxen. And we're like, okay, cool. So we can eat them, right? No, you have to use them to pull your wagon. Okay, cool. 
so we can eat them right and then you eventually ate them and died pretty much so i mean through doing this you have learned so much as well about things in your own field of study that no textbook is ever going to teach us i mean i'm sure some textbook somewhere buried deep in some library tells you hey oxen are just cattle well, but you're he, you're about to be a senior in college, and you still haven't been taught that. Well, the thing is, I have animal science textbooks under my bed that I read frequently. I checked that night after that video went viral. <laughs> I checked. There is nothing in there about what oxen are. They're not even in the book. So I think that somebody is lying to me. I think that's like a secret that the government decided to hide from us. That it's oxen like are the cattle. Pigeons. <laughs> we don't go into the pigeons. <laughs> um. I think but, the pigeons are government weapons. They work for the bourgeoisie. Okay. Well, the the other, like, you know, to your point, it's interesting because, like, even the last episode I recorded, which actually isn't coming out until the week after this one comes out, um, with, with Randy, we talked for an hour about bell peppers. I have no idea anything about bell peppers. bell peppers. I learned a lot just researching for that episode, and him and I just talked, and we were looking stuff up during the episode. Like, Did you know that a bell pepper can get pregnant and grow a mini bell pepper inside of it? Interesting. Did you know that all the different colors of bell pepper are the same bell pepper? Yeah. Aren't they just at different stages? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. And he didn't know that. That's why their sweetness levels change. Right. So, and actually red bell peppers are the most nutritious because they're at the end of the ripening phase. Yeah. So. Are they also like the most bitter? Probably. I don't know. Um, There's also purple bell peppers. No, they're the sweetest. Green and yellow are the most bitter and then orange and red are the sweetest ones. There's also purple bell peppers apparently. I did know that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the more you know. So, but no, to your point, I think that... I know a strange amount about bell peppers. <laughs> you know a strange amount about a lot of things, although so do I, so I guess that's that's fitting. Um, but no, I think that I've learned a lot about a lot of things, you know, not just agriculture. I've learned a lot about people, too, through the, through the podcast, about what people are interested in, because... I grew up, and people will kind of learn this from the first couple episodes of my second season and for through most of my first season, that I grew up believing that people who weren't in agriculture didn't care about it, that they had no interest in food and, like, where it comes from, that they were actively against agriculturalists and farmers, because I grew up in a farm town, and most of the people who lived there, they weren't part of agriculture or actively against it. You know, if, if you didn't grow up on a farm... Most of the people there thought that the farmers were terrible people. You know, they were either vegans or environmentalists or whatever the case. So I was kind of, you know, raised around an environment where if you weren't part of ag, you were against it. And so that kind of gave me this false perception of how the rest of the world works. And I learned through the podcast that a lot of people, despite background, have a genuine interest in where the food comes from and all mm-hmm. everything that goes into it. Oh, yeah. And that was what kind of inspired the second season to even be about interviewing people outside of agriculture. Because I wanted to know, okay, well, what do you guys want to know? What questions do you have? What, what, you know, where is your knowledge set and where does it need to be for you to be comfortable with agriculture as, a, as an industry? And I learned that there's actually very, very few people out there that are actually against agriculture. Most of the time it's people who just don't know and they have genuine questions or they just don't think about it that often. And so that was kind of a, an eye-opener for me. But... Um, you know, like Gemma said with the, with the TikTok, that was kind of an, an attempt. Um, I mean, you guys know Tyler. You guys know Steven from Dairy Muse. Like, they, they've both been on here plenty of times. Um, they were kind of my inspirations for going towards that route because I saw TikTok as an educational tool more than an entertainment tool, which it can be both. I mean, they call it TikTok University for a reason. There's definitely a lot to learn from TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, same with YouTube. And so I decided... Except YouTube's a bit more complicated, but that's hold another talk for another day. YouTube's corrupt, but um, I decided that I wanted to approach the TikTok educational side of the platform and see if I could make a name for myself. And the thing is, I originally started it as an idea of promoting the podcast. I never started it as an educational tool in as a, you know as as an individual project. It kind of just turned into that because I started producing videos about animal behavior, about general agriculture, about um, you know, a lot of things that had to do with things that I was talking about on the podcast. I did a, an episode, like, I think the first video I did on there was, um, well, the first, first video, like, there was, like, three videos I did before I started doing educational stuff. Um, but the first educational video I did was why milk is white. And so that was a whole conversation that I had 
I didn't get very much attention on it, which was fine. I wasn't really expecting to. But I noticed that after a while, I started posting videos about like animal behavior, um, you know, cattle, body language, all that kind of stuff that I've talked about before on the podcast. And for some reason, one video I posted, somebody posted a comment because I was talking about a bull and the, the commenter said, hey, I thought all bulls are male and all, all cows are female and that the bulls have horns and all this kind of stuff because the bull I was talking about didn't have any horns. So I made a video addressing that comment saying, you know, here's what a cow is, here's what a heifer is, here's what a bull is, a steer, all that kind of stuff. And like Gemma said, that video blew up. I mean, like, like I posted it and then seven hours later, my phone starts vibrating off the hook. And then I check it. I went from 70 followers to 800 in a matter of 30 minutes. And then I, I gained uh, 1,000 views in the matter of, of, you know, an hour. And by the end of the night, I was at 1,000 followers and, like, 17,000 views. It was insane. And then within a week, I was at, uh, you know, 10,000 followers and a million views on that video. Like, it, it blew up so much, and all my other videos started to get way more attention. And I started to see that even though my podcast may not be getting a, a significant amount of listeners, TikTok does have potential to be an educational platform for this, for the same conversations I was looking for. And it became more about the conversation than it did about the episodes. I wasn't worried about being a famous podcaster like Joe Rogan. I've never wanted to be that anyways. I want to make sure people are, are hearing what I'm saying, that they're interested in what I have to say, that they're learning from it, whatever. And they were. You know, they, they actually had genuine questions. Some of them had kind of ridiculous questions because they wanted to try to screw with me, but... In their defense, you did make the statement that there's no such thing as a dumb question. Which has been the motto of Talk Agony for forever. I mean, since since my first episode of interviewing consumers, I've said there's no such thing as a dumb question. And I stand by that. I believe that if a question is genuine, you know, no matter what it is, it's not dumb. It, it may be a little strange, but as long as you genuinely want to know, it's not a dumb question. There were some people who challenged that and tried to ask non-genuine, you know, really dumb questions like, how do you milk a bowl? The answer is, you don't, unless you want to get kicked. I really hope all of you knew that one. Um, but, you know, it's like, it's one of those things that's like, I, I was not prepared for the amount of positive attention I got on that. And, like... The thing is, those two haven't even crossed over yet. Like, people from TikTok haven't really gone over to the podcast yet. I've watched the analytics. They haven't changed drastically. And people from the podcast seem to not be finding the TikTok at all. So it was really interesting to see that there's, like, very little crossover there. But the two audiences are asking similar questions. You know, like, the, the questions that you guys ask whenever you're, you know, whenever I have guests on here are very similar to the questions I get in TikTok, which is awesome. I mean, that means that people are thinking very similarly, and that gives me a good gauge of what people are, are thinking about when they think about agriculture. So, you know, all in all, there's been a lot of growth on the podcast, you know, in terms of the projects, in terms of the education, in terms of the conversations, everything has changed. And everything's going to continue to change. I've, you know, I've been talking about doing new projects with like live streaming and other uh, platforms. You know, TikTok was kind of a, an experiment I wanted to try out and it's been doing pretty well. I've been talking to Tyler a lot again about things that he wants to try out and we've been kind of brainstorming ideas. It's, it's a really, really cool thing to watch the podcast kind of go in different, you know, directions and change all the time. And, you know, interviewing people that I typically wouldn't talk to and seeing how, how they react to certain things and like kind of getting a gauge for, you know, I went from having conversations about things that I knew a lot about to talking about bell peppers for 45 minutes. And I know nothing about bell peppers. So it's like, you know, it's fun. You know, I, I genuinely enjoy being challenged and being asked questions that I can't always answer on the fly. And, you know, being forced to kind of fact check myself and make sure that I know, you know, the things that I, I, I claim to be true. That's actually why I'm working on a series right now called Where I Went Wrong. It's all about answering, you know, addressing answers that I did to questions in the past that weren't entirely accurate. And I never say something that I know to be accurate. It just tends to be that sometimes I do my research and then I check it and it turns out that the research I did was outdated and I need to do new research, you know. So it's like people make mistakes. I, I'm never going to deny that I'm, you know, imperfect and that I, I don't know everything. But just seeing the growth itself of the project, and like Gemma said, there's episodes that I'm just kind of like, wow, that really drained my energy. There's other episodes where I come back super excited about what I talked about. And it's because as I'm studying to become an ag teacher, I'm starting to realize that the things that I'm talking about are things that people genuinely 
want to hear. And that gives me a lot of hope for the future of the podcast and, and of, of all of my ag education projects, because my ultimate goal is to make sure that people understand where their food comes from and how important it is to, to preserve that. And I've seen a lot more positive results than I was told I was going to see by other members of my community. And so that was kind of really cool to see too. Yeah. And I definitely, <clears throat> in terms of educating people who have no ag background who want to know more than you originally thought they would i think the tiktok comments like all of the people who are like oh i grew up in the city thank you for this information like i never knew this like that that gave me an idea personally because not to say that i'm disconnected from the podcast because i'm not like i said i help edit it and everything and i'm kind of his idea dummy where we bounce ideas off of each other but I don't get as much hands-on with the guests or the actual listeners the audience so I think the the day that really showed me just how much it impacts people aside from me being somebody who again came from the city and then was excited to find somebody who could teach me more was when my best friend who lives in Sacramento, shout out Ravity, if you are listening, which I hope you are, she came town to visit last week. She hadn't met Brendan before because obviously she lives out of town from us. But so we decided to take her to his hometown, his little farm town that he comes from, for the day and, you know, get her out of the city, get her some quote unquote fresh air. Which is dusty country air, but, you know. Hey, it smells good. Smells good. <laughs> Doesn't taste good, though. No. Smells good, but, you know, get her a little bit of a different experience. We took her out to a dairy. Shout out to Tyler, <laughs> who put up with us for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think he was having a blast. You have to talk to him about it. He, wants to get... uh, he wants to ride an ostrich. Thank you. But he wants to eat an emu. <laughs> Well, emu eggs. Emo eggs. He wants the egg. Single, singular. Yeah, egg. You only need one. You only need one. Could feed that man if it was just him for months. Mm-hmm. The question is, could he eat it before it goes bad? That's the real question. I feel like he could. Probably. Shout out to you, Tyler. Thanks for that day, by the way. But we took her out to the dairy, and then we took her out to his sister brendan's sisters where she has some horses and we weren't riding and everything she came back from that trip and told me i'm gonna go home and i'm gonna try and find a job on a farm even if it's just scooping cow crap like i want to i want to be a part of this i want to work in this i want to learn more about this and that's when it hit me i was like oh City people really aren't as against agriculture as I thought they were. And she has, like, virtually no experience. I mean, like, she's... I believe she's been horseback riding before once or twice. Mm -hmm. And she has friends out there who own farmland. And she's gone out and visited, but she's never really been hands-on in it. And that day she realized how much she loves it. Mm -hmm. And that was amazing to me to see just how much it impacts lives mm -hmm. when people really just stop to give it a chance. Yeah, no, the last day that she was here visiting, she, you know, she actually sat me down and asked me like, hey, do I need a degree to go into an ag job? You know, like, where is a good area for me to look for jobs? Like she was very serious about getting involved in agriculture. And she was asking me like, you know, legitimate questions. It wasn't like a, you know, hey, when can we see the cows again? It was like, hey, where can I go to work with these animals? Like, she was showing genuine interest in ways that I hadn't really expected her to, to show. And that was really cool to see. And it, it's something that a lot of people have, have started to show that I really wasn't expecting. You know, they're they're starting to realize that there's, there's jobs out there for people who don't want to be farmers, but still want to work in ag. You know, that you can work with animals, you can work with technology, you can operate drones, computers, you know, all that kind of stuff that we talked about in older episodes. That blows people's minds, you know, how connected we are to technology in the ag industry. And people realize, oh, I can still work in ag and not be a farmer. And that's like, 
getting a lot of people really interested or even like you know when everything shut down because of covid and when i first started the the second season i had a bunch of people asking me questions about food because they're trying to figure out how to grow their own you know they want to they want to start gardening either you know whether it be a hobby thing or they're worried about running out of food eventually you know they want to start figuring out how to sustain themselves they want to figure out what's going into their food they're becoming more conscious of the practices that's, that's creating it and that's you know that's provoking more productive conversations about you know the types of technologies and advancements in science that's going into the things that we're eating and you know at the end of the day that was the ultimate goal of talk agony so i think that you know it's it's definitely accomplishing a lot more than i ever dreamed it would and i think that's awesome and i at one point wanted to use it as an educational tool for my students but i'm not even sure i'll need to at this point i think that it's it's serving a better purpose educating the public and i can worry worry about the students myself and that was something that was really interesting for me to see because like i mentioned Talkagdomy mostly existed as its own thing it wasn't really part of me and i wasn't really part of it but being able to kind of intermingle ourselves, you know, kind of get a lot of my personality into talk academy has given it enough life that it can be a, a kind of a standalone educator and still have enough of me in it that it's not going to bore people to death. And so I think that that was kind of a really cool thing to see because a lot of the stuff that I teach people, I like <laughs> talk academy has been very, very good practice for me. And, you know, from, from a teaching perspective, because I repeat things a lot, and like I have to, because people ask questions over and over again. Um, not the same people asking the same questions, but you know, different people asking very similar questions. I have I've gotten into the habit of being able to like I've you know if somebody asks me something about something that I've talked about before, I've gotten my answer to that question honed down so much that I very rarely mess up when I'm t- when I'm saying it because it's like this is something I've answered before. I know this. And that's going to help me a lot as a teacher because I'll know how to address those kinds of questions. I'll be getting them a lot, you know, mm-hmm. like having the more productive conversations, having the more, you know, the the more in-depth conversations too. Cause that was the other thing. Like when I first started asking people about, about agriculture, it was very, very general conversations. It was what's a GMO, you know, what technology is involved in ag? Um, you know, where, where does my food come from? How do I know it's safe? Now it's like, you know, what technology is being, is, is expected to come out over the next five years? Um, you know, what, how, what, how many years of testing do some of these chemicals go through before we're able to even eat them? Um, you know, like weird, intricate questions I never would have thought of. Like, uh, you know, what, what would happen if you were to cross these two animals in, in, in an ag space? Would that be productive? Would it not? Like, we ran into a freaking Charlotte Jersey cross. We still can't figure out what that thing's about, but it provokes an interesting question. You know, okay, well, what are the positive advantages of Charlotte? What are the positive advantages of Jersey's? What would be the potential positive advantage to crossing the two? And so it's like, you know, things like that, people asking questions of all kinds of strange and interesting, you know, backgrounds has really shown me that I even didn't, you know, I, not even I was prepared for what potential this held. And there's actually, so, so when I started the podcast, there were almost no other ag, ag education based podcasts. I looked, that's actually why I started mine is because nobody else was doing it. And I wanted somebody to be able to learn from and nobody was there. So I became the teacher, you know? And so now there's a bunch of other ag education based podcasts that are starting to pop up left and right, which I think is, is honestly phenomenal. I think there's a lot of you know, a lot of hope for, for agricultural education to find a space outside of the classroom now and people who are interested in it that were actually, they're actually going to engage with, with the content and they're actually going to, to show an interest and, and, and respond to it and that sort of thing. Like a lot of the ag education based podcasts that I've talked to, you know, like Derek from United We Ag or, or Chrissy over from North American Ag, like they show a lot of promise in the sense that they actually want to talk to the consumers you get a lot of ag education or a lot of ag-based podcasts in general that they're just focusing on on ag on ag listeners. They don't care about the consumers, and not to say they don't care. That's that's kind of a harsh way of putting it. But they're not focused on the consumers like we are. And so, seeing that there's more people trying to do what I'm doing is really really exciting. Like it's not like a you know I want to be the only one to do it. It's like no, as much help as I can get doing this, I want it. Like I, I want people to go out there and help teach others about where their food comes from. I want people to get excited like I do. I want people to engage in the conversations and ask the weird and goofy questions like, well, how does, you know, how does agriculture relate to the Hobbit? Or, you know, how does agriculture relate to, uh, you know, Assassin's Creed? Or, you know, like random, random things. 
I'm actually about to do an episode here in a couple weeks on how agriculture relates to modern art. So like that, there's there's weird connections that can be made in, in all sorts of ways that I think is really interesting. Like we had an episode on how agriculture relates to music, and we there's a like that episode went way deeper than I ever thought. Like people are starting to figure out now that there's a lot of utility in making sure that the consumers understand that agriculture is their life. It doesn't just fuel it; it's it's everywhere, a part of what they do on a daily basis. And I mean like. You know, even on the more mundane level, um, you know, shout out to silly mundane things, but even on the more mundane level, when I, when Gemma and I first started dating, and this is kind of goes back to our anniversary side of things, uh, she didn't have as much experience in agriculture, and I kind of, you know, started teaching her about agriculture, and she didn't really have an option, you know, to, to learn it. She was going to learn it either way, <laughs> but she, you know, ended up enjoying it a lot. Now we ride horses, we are roping together, we go out and see the, the steers all the time, and I've, I've taught her a lot about different cattle terms and, and what, you know, what to expect whenever a, whenever a steer or a bull is doing some kind of specific behavior. Um, she learned a lot about a lot of different types of agriculture, and, you know, I'm not sure this is something that she ever, I know she said that she wanted to be part of that life. I'm not sure if this is something that she ever anticipated or really wanted to get into but i think that you know being in, involved in it now you you definitely changed a lot as a person and you seem to be more more positive about things and seem to seem to enjoy you know yeah no that that's definitely true i mean hey so he and i were actually best friends for a year before we started dating but prior to us dating i honestly <laughs> I honestly had this idea in my head that I was going to settle down with a nice city boy and I was going to be a stay-at-home mom with, you know, four kids. Because I come from a very large family. I am one of seven children. Mm -hmm. Seven. I have five brothers and a sister. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Plus me. That makes seven. I can do math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought I was going to settle down with a city boy and, you know either be a stay-at-home mom or maybe study marine biology because I still wanted to work with animals. My godmother worked at the zoo for over 20 years and my mom worked at the zoo for a few years before I was born. So I very much grew up with animals being a very close and important part of my life. But the type of animals that I always associated the word animal with were aquatic animals to start. I really, I enjoy going to the aquarium and seeing sharks especially i love sharks but the different aquatic animals and oceanic animals but also you know giraffes zebras exotic animals basically you know the types <coughs> don't die <laughs> excuse me the types of animals that you can't see on a daily basis you can't just drive out in the country and just view like if you're driving in the country and you see a zebra either something is wrong <laughs> Or Tyler bought a zebra. Say, or you're passing Tyler's house. <laughs> In which case, we need to have an intervention with Tyler yeah, as he... to why he spent thousands of dollars on a zebra. But, I mean, I really enjoyed the exotic animals. But when Brendan and I started dating and he really forced me. <laughs> I told you, I got forced into agriculture, so now it's your turn. I won't necessarily stay forced. I was very excited to go out and learn all of these things with him. It was just another. It was just never something that was realistic to me before dating him. But there's definitely been. I've seen so many changes in myself since dating him, and not just in terms of my knowledge of agriculture, and you know, farm animals and that so on, but like physical changes to my persona. In everyday life. I mean, I used to wear heels everywhere I went. I lived in skinny jeans and leggings and crop tops. And I curled my hair every day and I wore makeup every single day. There has been maybe two days in the past year that I have worn anything but boots. It has been 115 degrees outside. And I am wearing boots yep. with jeans and a t-shirt. You're welcome. Or it has been 46 degrees outside and I've been wearing boots, jeans, and a t-shirt. And I don't do my hair anymore. I'm wearing hats all the time. 
I have a farmer's tan. I have a, I used to have a heart attack every summer if my tan lines weren't even. And now I have a farmer's tan. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I mean, it's actually funny. He and I were just having this conversation in the car the other day about things he's noticed about me that have, like, little things that have changed over time, over the course of us dating. I used to be, I, I grew up going to church and being part of the church choir and all of my friends were in the church choir with me. I used to be in the car with him when we started dating and music would come on. I was a tryhard. <laughs> I would belt my little heart out, but not too hard because it would make me sound bad. <laughs> now I sing Hank Williams, unironically. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Like, my entire being has changed, and a lot of it is I'm so much more comfortable in myself because I found a community of people who, not to say they don't care, but they're so much more accepting. Mm -hmm. I used to be part of a community of people who, not to say they were all, you know, my way or the highway, but a lot of them were, well, if you don't dress a certain way and act a certain way and talk a certain way, then... You're not going to be accepted within the community that we're a part of. Now here I am among country folk every other day and they don't give, they don't care yeah. at all what you're wearing, <laughs> how you're talking. Like, I, we, the other thing we mentioned was I have developed a minor accent <laughs> from going to the country with him to visit his family most weekends. And I've started, you know, speaking in terms of, like, my actual vocabulary more like a country person than a city slicker. I say city slicker now. <laughs> I don't even say that. Your dad says that. That's why I say it. Your dad yeah. says it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, he does. Like, little things that even my parents are like, why do you do that now? And I was like, I'm dating a boy from the country. I'm, I'm, I'm dating a country boy. Yeah who I spend a majority of my time with. <laughs> but they're all positive things in my mind because they've all helped me really figure out who I am as a person rather than who everyone around me wanted me to be as a person. So it's really, really helped me develop my, really solidify and develop my personal beliefs and my outlook on the world. And I overall, overall have a very much more positive outlook on the world i mean i used to have a heart attack at the thought of getting animal slobber on me and now i will go out and i will purposely let cows suckle on my fingers <laughs> i mean the amount of nights that we used to be on our school farm and they'd have a baby calf out there and i'd just let her suck on my fingers as if she was you know bottle feeding <laughs> would absolutely horrify me two years ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I've, i think that you know the past year has been very very different than most in a lot of ways i i definitely have gone through a lot of changes we both have um mostly together and i mean i complete i moved out of my parents house you know i, I live in my apartment now with my roommates i've gone to a whole new school uh, we've been stuck online for a lot of things. I haven't been able to really adapt to the to the new environment properly because everything's been closed and it's just now starting to open. Um, you know, the podcast has definitely gone through major transformations. The TikTok was a thing. You know, you and I have been spending a lot more time together and getting to, you know, actually kind of adapt each other. I'm most of my life and still kind of I've been very you know stubborn, work myself to death kind of person. You know, kind of. Uh, I, don't, I don't need anybody's help. I, I just want to get my thing done because if somebody else does it, they're not going to do it how I want it kind of personality. I got that broken out of me pretty pretty quickly because I got to a point where I just about did work myself to death. I literally, you know, collapsed and, and passed out for a little while because I'd worked myself so hard that I hadn't been eating or drinking or, you know, taking care of myself. I hadn't been getting proper sleep and I just passed out on the floor and my roommates got me up and luckily I was okay but that kind of taught me like you know I need to 
slow down a little um, and, you know, and realize everything that's around me, which Gemma has helped out a lot with helping kind of with mental health stuff, which was actually a big inspiration for why I focus on mental health for a lot of different episodes, like with um, Ag State of Mind. Um, I, I was kind of figuring out things with my own mental health. And so that was kind of a big, a big motivator was I was able to talk to people who were in ag, actually ag podcasters that focus on mental health. That was a big thing for me to be able to, to go to them and, and ask them for help. Um, but yeah, so there, I mean, there's been a lot of changes over the past year. I mean, regardless of, of the COVID situation, I mean, just in life in general, I've, I've been learning how to live with people who aren't my family. I've been learning how to, uh, kind of put up with things that I don't want to do and, and also put up with and not put up with things I, d- I don't want to do. Um, you know, kind of how to fight my battle or how to pick my battles rather, um you a lot of things have changed a a lot of good things have changed there's been some bad things here and there but at the end of the day I think that I'm a very different person than I have been for the past you know what how old am I now about to turn 21 20 years um yeah I'm old but I I think that you know the changes have been good and you know change is necessary for progress and all that sort of thing but again you know back to the the podcast the podcast has changed with me pretty much like we've gone through all of this together uh talk to me and i like i started up a second podcast the gamut speech podcast that thing died after a couple weeks you know i i had i had that going as soon as i moved over here i tried working on it and i just died you know it, it didn't adapt to the change well at all and jim and i were starting to work on a, a joint podcast we were going to do and that has kind of fizzled out we're planning on going back to it at some point we when, when we find the time for it but you know, it's, it's really hard to take on new projects when you have a million and one other things going on. And through all of it, Talk Academy has remained the one thing I can count on that's consistent in life. You know, despite work, despite other projects, despite, you know, social life and school and all that kind of stuff, Talk Academy has remained the staple in my life that's, that's been stable for the past three years. And I've been able to count on it whenever nothing else has worked out. You know, I've been able to go back and look at my archive of episodes that I've done, the people that I've talked to, the the stories that I've learned, you know, I've heard and listened to and learned from the lessons that I've, I've learned and, and also taught. And, you know, everything that has, that has accumulated the past three years has been preserved in Talk Academy. I mean, I had one of my closest mentors and friends and teachers pass away. And the only trace of him I have left is the episode that we did together in my first season. It was actually my first ever interview. And that episode is still, to this day, my most popular episode, and it's the one that I go back to and listen to all the time when I don't know what what else to do. Like, I can't stress enough how glad I am that I didn't quit Talk Ag to Me, how glad I am that Gemma pushed me to, to try harder and to, and to bring it back together and start, you know, just because it's not working right now doesn't mean it's not going to work and that, you know, maybe I, maybe I need to change some things and try some new things. And, you know, just because it's changing doesn't mean that it's not the same show anymore. Talk Ag to Me has always been the same show. It's just taking on different roles every now and then. But it's it's crazy to me that over the course of three years, I've... I've become so in line with this show that people see me and they associate me with my podcast. I mean, that's kind of a cool thing to be able to do. And it's never been about being famous. It's never been about being popular. But people associate my hard work and my and my you know commitment to this project as something that is a very positive thing. I mean, like Dr. Roca, which I plan on having on an episode at some point. My my advisor. Every chance he gets, he promotes the podcast. Like I I got into class and I was introducing myself and I as my fun fact mentioned that I have an ag-based podcast. And he was like, hey, why don't you go ahead and promote it for us? And I was like, Roka, I just want to have a normal day where I don't talk about talk to me for five seconds. But that's just how he is. You know, he's so proud of the fact that I've been able to, to keep this going for so long and done so well with it that he wants other people to hear about it, which is very, very inspiring, I guess would be the right word. You know, like it's it, it kind of shows me a lot of... of what Talk Academy stood for and stands for and continue and will will continue to stand for as long as possible. Um, you know, it's like Tyler said, if Talk Academy goes down one day, I'll just get up and do something else. But I don't think that that's going to happen because the the spirit of Talk Academy will always be me. You know, the the show may go through changes, but the the spirit of it's always going to stay the same, and that's that's because I'm the one that's that's running it. And so, I don't know. I think that. 
being able to do a an anniversary episode about how special the show has been to me and how much it's gotten me through and how much it's you know gotten us through really you know it's 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 helped out a lot with with our relationship has taught us more about communication and teamwork you know because she's had to deal with me making making time to do episodes and edit and you know edit and interview and all that kind of stuff and i've had to deal with the idea of having other people help me with the project so I don't overload myself and she's helped me with episode ideas and she's helped me with tape talks and I've been teaching her stuff and she's learned a ton about agriculture and she's given me a lot of inspiration to go on and teach other people and you know it's just everything's getting me more and more excited for the future whether it be the future of talk academy the future of my career as a teacher you know our future together all of it kind of intertwines and it reminds me that no matter what else goes wrong, I still have some things in my life that are going really, really well. My relationship, my podcast, which I still consider to be, you know, a, a stable part of, of my of my life, and just my general friendships and social life and my career path. You know, those things are, are they're in a very good place. And so I'm, I'm grateful for that. But I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to add. Um, touched base with everything yeah i mean i didn't really have a ton of updates for this for this episode it wasn't going to be like an update episode it was more just kind of like a let's look back and appreciate what we've done i mean i wanted to give massive shout outs and thanks to all of the friends that i've made and all the people that have helped me along the way i already shouted out patrick and alex joanne and Braden and logan and all of them um you know i if i miss anybody i apologize but anyone who's been a guest on the show i definitely I want to make sure I, I I appreciate you know I appreciate you guys. I want to make sure you guys know that um, I've had many friends throughout the, my time on Talk Academy. You know, Sammy has has been a good friend. Um, Derry Muse and Tyler have obviously been very very good friends and good influences in my life. Uh, Derek from United We Act. Like I mean, like I've I've made so many connections that it's hard to list all of them, which is crazy because it's only been a year since I since I started making those connections, and you know I still consider some of these people closer friends than some of the friends I've known since I was a kid. Um, it's just it's it's funny how working on projects like that will do that to you, and you know even as a as a community as an, as an indie podcast community we've kind of established that higher level podcasters so like actors and like like the joe rogan type podcast like the super super popular ones that are run by like professional actors and voice actors and like all that kind of stuff they don't really count you know they're kind of just like bogus shows that nobody likes you know the indie shows are where they're at because they're a lot funnier they have a lot more personality people are very genuine in them it's not like it's a it's a it's a stage show that people are being paid to do it's like people are doing it because they want to because that's their passion it's not something that they're being that they're doing because they don't they can't go out and act because of covid like you know it's when when the podcast boom came and a bunch of actors and actresses became podcasters it kind of discouraged a lot of the group because we were like well there goes our shot now there's a bunch of actors that are podcasting but that was kind of the wrong attitude to have because we're completely different communities people looking for indie podcasts will find us and people looking for professional podcasts will find them we're not even in the same league and so it's kind of it's cool to see that we as a community were able to stick together and we're able to have each other's backs. I mean, I, I, ho I hop into conference calls all the time. And we just sit there and brainstorm stuff about podcasting and, you know, what trends are coming out and what we can what we can address and what topics would be good to cover and, you know, just fun stuff like that. And some days we just talk and get nothing done and other days we have like a million new things we want to cover on our shows that we make notes on and we go and do. Like I have tons of notepads of, of ideas on things I want to cover, but... I don't know. I, I, I think I've rambled long enough. Um, I just like to give a big thanks to all my listeners and supporters, all my guests and, and anyone, anyone who's, who supported and helped out with the podcast. Gemma, of course, has been a big help as well. Um, and I appreciate her, but it's, it's, it's crazy to me that it's already been three years that I've been working on this and it feels like it's been, you know, at the same time, it's feel like it's been a lifetime, and it's also feel like it's been no time at all. And so it's kind of, it's a weird feeling. I hope the Talk Academy doesn't go away anytime soon, but I think that if it went away tomorrow, I would feel satisfied with how, how much I was able to get done with it in, in the short time it's been around. So, and on our note for our anniversary, you know, I think that a lot of stuff has gone on over the past year, but I think that overall both of us have grown a lot as people, and we've grown together as a team and I wouldn't be able to do half of the stuff that I do without my partner and crime by my side.
So I don't know if you have anything else to add, but I think that that kind of covers everything that I wanted to address. I just want to say that I've been really proud watching you grow this past year, and I've been really... I've loved getting to grow with you, but at the end of the day, I've, I'm so proud of you every single day and how hard you work and every day you amaze me with something new and I'm just so lucky that I get to watch you and help you grow on your journey and be a part of it. <laughs> yeah, well, on that note, um, oh, I did want to since we end every episode by plugging something, I did want to plug some things. Um, so obviously there's the Talk Agdomy TikTok. Go ahead and check that out because it is a whole different, you know, it, it's a very different environment than the, than the podcast. It's not so much of like, you know, complicated conversations. It's more of me spending a minute <laughs> trying to cram as much information as I can into a minute trying to answer questions because people ask very, very good questions on there. But yeah, Talk Agdomy on TikTok and go check that out. It's a lot of fun. Um, ask questions let me know that you heard the episode tell me what you thought um i want to shout out Gemma's podcast you know when, once we get that going um it's uh, feminism through the ages and it's all about you know true feminism not the not the mainstream stuff that you hear on social media but like actual women doing great things throughout history and you know like what it means to be like a strong woman and all of those things i don't know if you want to give your own plug for it well, i think that about covers it okay um and then Eventually, we will have a co-op podcast coming out as soon as we find a name for it, because we had a name, and we found out that that's copyrighted, so we can't use that one anymore. The joys of 2021. <laughs> and everyone being their own podcaster now. So we'll, we'll have that coming out eventually. We, have, we already have some ideas. We have an episode recorded already. We just need to actually figure out what we're going to do with it. But um, I think the last thing I want to plug is a new project that I'm working on um, that will eventually come out. I have no idea when yet. Because um, I'm still working on other projects. I'm doing some VR stuff right now, some speech writing. I, I'm still at some point wanting to do something with the Gambit Speech Podcast, but that's not going to be until way, way later. Um, but I have a new project that's coming out like very, very soon that I'm actually in the process of getting done right now. Um, it's going to be a podcast. It's going to be all about animal behavior, you know, the, the different languages of animals, kind of how to communicate with them. I want to bring on people who like speak the different languages, so, like the, the animal whispers, like a horse whisperer, or a cow whisperer, like that would be me. Um, there's a guy on TikTok called the turtle whisperer. I want to get him on there and then I want to bring Joanne on and, and talk to her about turtles. I think that'd be funny. Um, I want to, you know, like people who speak all different animal languages, birds, you know, dolphins, like whatever it is. I want to know different animal behaviors and how they relate to humans and how to communicate and work with different animals because i think it's interesting and so that one i think i'm going to call it talk on the wild side name's still up in the air but that's kind of where i'm leaning but that is something that will be coming out sometime soon by the time you guys hear this hopefully it'll be in an early development and it might be coming out potentially by the end of the month we'll see uh, i'm not gonna make any promises because i still have a lot of other stuff i need to get done first but that is another project you guys can look forward to. So if you enjoy all of the episodes I do on, on animals, you will definitely enjoy this podcast as it will be very, very animal-oriented. But that being said, I think that closes out everything that we had to discuss. Thank you all so much again for supporting me for the past three years, for supporting us, and and I hope that you guys are around for the ride for the next, you know, however many years we're doing this. I hope forever. Um, but I, I know that I couldn't do this to any of our loyal listeners and supporters and everyone that, that gets involved with this stuff. So thanks again so much for tuning in and we hope to catch you next week. And don't forget if you ate today, thank a farmer. <laughs>